You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. I get to count the cost and say to my wife and my daughter, my life is to help serve you. And it's beautiful. People watch that and they see the beauty of God because God designed sex. It's wonderful, but it's set, it's framed in the context of everything I am is yours. It models something so much more beautiful than give me what I want and I get this and I'll post this and I'll make this and me, me, me. It's just gross by comparison. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. All right, well, welcome back once again to Momentum. We are all around Australia and a big thank you to the uh, stations each week for taking Momentum and uh, helping us all out to do life that just a little bit better. And that is what Momentum is all about. MomentumAustralia.org is our website. Love you to have a squeeze around there after the show. There's lots of resources on there that will help you out. And of course, if you feel inclined to financially support us at Momentum, that would be awesome. We run on the sniff of an oily rag, I think is how you'd put it, Des. And, <laughs> exactly uh, right. That's we exactly love it right. Because, you know, we get to help people just like you. And we're all on this journey together. So I um, encourage you to have a look around the website, MomentumAustralia.org. And Des, my Irish friend, how are you this week, mate? Are you good? Yes, I'm, uh, I'm really good with the, my Irish accent. But just for guys who are listening, don't forget our care line. It's so important that whenever you feel that you need to get in touch with somebody, that there's someone at the end of a phone line that you can contact. And the Momentum Care Line is 1-800-000-MEN. Easy to remember number is 1-800-000-636, which is men. And the services provided by our friends at Caroline Connections, um, and they are a ministry in their own right. And you can reach out and get help seven days a week. They have people online from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m., uh, 1-800-000-MEN. Yeah, awesome stuff. Thanks, Des. Yeah, we love that. And the truth is, as men, we all need to have shall we say, confidential conversations at times. And if you feel like you've got nobody in your world that you can have that conversation with, or it might be a little awkward or uncomfortable, uh, there's somebody on on the end of a phone you can have that conversation with. But I encourage you to get connected. That's what we're all about at Momentum. Get connected, have conversation, and get real about what's happening in your life. And you know what? The truth is there's nothing more real than talking about what happens behind the scenes, behind closed doors when nobody else is around. And yes, we have talked about pornography quite a bit on the show. But this week, once again, we're following on from last week and talking about how pornography is affecting our youth around Australia. And our special guest this week, once again, is Paul Bedwell. Paul is the director of a brand new course that is released all around Australia. It's called What's Normal. And if you'd like to find out details, just jot down this website, yfc.org.au forward slash what's underscore normal. Or you can just go to the YFC main website. You'll find a link there too, yfc.org.au. But Paul, great to have you back, my friend. We're excited to get back into this topic this week. Such a crucial topic. Great to have you back, man. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, what's normal, this brand new course? Essentially, what is it that you've launched? Yeah, so we've we've created a 10-week video-based curriculum 10-week course that anybody can run and anybody can do uh, that introduces the concept hey we live in a world that's changed rapidly and all of a sudden we might find ourselves thinking all my friends think it's normal to watch pornography all my friends are sending nude pictures to each other and how do I how do I deal with that? How do I respond to that? Well, this course isn't going to solve everyone's issues, but it's a great place to start having conversations. And for people, we're Youth for Christ. For people who are 
uh, older and have a, a wisdom to impart to begin having these conversations that hopefully are a lifelong conversation with young people. You know, as I'm sure at this show, you know, we, uh, for men particularly, but for all of us, we could probably do a bit better about being vulnerable, talking through our issues, exposing them and doing so without shame, mm-hmm. having conversations about the sticky stuff and just being authentic about what we what we find difficult. And it's the heart behind what's normal. It's a, creating a shame-free, guilt-free environment for people to begin having conversations about what's going on in their world, in the area of sexuality, in their what's going on for them with the issue of addiction to screens and the issue of what you watch on social social media or other sites, the issue of pornography, the issue of uh, sending nudes, all of these things come up. And after having, uh, after starting that conversation, developing a mindset that just begins to question the things that have become normal in our time. Is it normal to watch videos of other people having violent sex? Is it normal to send you send nude pictures of yourself that could end up anywhere? Uh, we hope that by um, introducing this concept to young people that more than hope, we fully believe and we actually see it all the time now. We believe that young people actually become are creators of the culture that they're going to live in mm-hmm. rather than just drinking the Kool-Aid, you know, rather than becoming consumers of whatever is sent their way. And uh, I have to say, um, Tim and Des, I have absolute confidence that even though there's a lot of difficulty, a lot of temptation, and a lot of, well, let's just be honest, crazy stuff being uh, broadcast to young minds all the time, I've got. I really have a lot of confidence that they are growing up to be some of the most discerning uh, and some of the most decisive young people, uh, almost by virtue of necessity. Mm. You know, they've been marketed to aggressively since they were six. Yeah, <laughs> they've been on YouTube Kids. They're always getting sold something. Well, yeah. the good thing is they're beginning to ask. Hold on, do I have to believe that? Mm. Or can I choose an, choose an alternative narrative? Can I create a different culture in my world that means I don't have to grow up with the fact that the person I marry will have been addicted to pornography for the past decade? That doesn't have to be normal. And many people are coming to realize that that's true. Yeah. And I think that's so important, isn't it? The fact that we uh, are encouraging young kids and even adults, but, but let's focus on kids. We encourage them to think logically and rationally about what's happening in their world uh, and and put on top of that a Christian context that like it's a win-win. It's the grace of God yeah. <laughs> where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Yeah. We are seeing this incredible, uh, well, it's, it's truly, it's only God could do this. So here's the, here's the background, you know, pornography is available on every smartphone and kids are getting them younger and younger and it's all there and it's accessible. And so people are getting exposed to what sort of world you create when you buy into that life. Well, young girls are getting sick of it. They're getting getting sick of going to school in year eight and having sexual innuendos thrown at them and having to leave the class because the boys won't, won't stop making jokes. Mm. People are getting sick of getting into relationships and all of a sudden there's this urgent pressure to do violent sexual things. That's not a pleasant world to live in. Um, People are seeing the contrast between the world that we live in and the kingdom of God. Mm. It's beautiful. Uh, I'll often share with our youth group, we've we've tested the program with our 
with our youth group and I'm married, I've got a beautiful wife and an 18 month old and my wife's pregnant. And we just share openly. We share, this is what it's like for us. And honestly, God's ways are so beautiful. My wife knows that she's got me and me alone and nobody else gets me and she's safe. Mm. And when we've got this beautiful way of growing up together, meaning that even if we have tension, we've got to work through issues and get deep and vulnerable and let you in and we have tension with all that, well, I'm going to go to bed tonight and you'll still be my wife. And when I wake up in the morning, I'll still be yours. It's actually a beautiful place for us to be vulnerable and to learn and to be safe in that. Mm. And people are comparing that to, well, I dated this guy and he was watching porn and we broke up and two minutes later he had this new girl and he posted videos and all this stuff. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. But what it does do is paint the gospel, paint the life in God as, as what it is. It's beautiful. <laughs> we, we get to model what healthy sex looks like. What does healthy relationship look look like. I tell the guys with often with tears in my eyes, we do a men's group uh, every week. I'm often weeping guys. I get the pleasure of laying my life down to love her. It's not what I can get out of it, but I get to, I get to count the cost and say to my wife and my daughter, my life is to help serve you. Mm. And it's beautiful. Mm. And people watch that and they see the difference and they see the beauty of God because God designed sex. It's wonderful. It's powerful. It creates life. But it's set, it's framed in the context of everything I am is yours and everything I am is about you. And it models selfless love. It models something so much more beautiful than give me what I want and I get this and I'll post this and I'll make this and me, me, me. It's just gross by comparison. Mm. Jesus looks wonderful. Even you know, God's using biblical sexuality to teach a generation things way beyond sex. Just take delayed gratification for a moment. The generation that's coming that, that exists now lives on the earth with more access to more things that they don't have to wait for than ever has been. Mm. They don't know what it's like to wait for something. And here they are, they're a teenager and they've still got hormones and it's very real. And the biology is very real. And they've got urges and it's very real. And they get to choose to be valiant and to fight for something, Mm. to fight for something worth fighting for, to fight for a cause. You remember back in the day when young Australians at the Great War would forge their documents to fight for something because they felt it was valuable. They'd lay their life down because they felt it was worth fighting for. We get to train young people to fight for purity and to give your wife on one special night after you lift that veil and everything you are is theirs and they're all yours and you say, here's all that I am. And I fought for this and it cost me something. I had to wait and I didn't get instant gratification. That's beautiful and that's God. Mm. God's not into instant gratification. God's into process. God's into patience. And we get to show people what that looks like just by showing them biblical sexuality is beautiful. And we've got to have those conversations. We've got to open up and let them see, not just be Christians be known for what we don't stand for. Let's let's show them what healthy family looks like. Mm. Paul, you mentioned um, three words along the way, though, which I just want to pick back up on, if you don't mind. Um, the last one was serve. 
which I think is, uh, you know, I mean, it's clearly biblical. It's, you know, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. I mean, there is something wholesome and makes us feel good about serving others and particularly those who we love. The second word you mentioned was safe. And I think that is such a hugely underrated word in society these days about being, uh, making other people feel safe, but also feeling safe yourself, making other people feel safe around you and particularly in a close loving relationship. And the first word you mentioned way back was shame. And um, not that I want to waylay that, but we've talked about shame on the show before um, and how many men carry a lot of shame. And I, and I would argue then that a lot of the shame for men, particularly as they get older, is perhaps around some of the stuff around their childhood that they haven't dealt with, whether that's I was made to feel like this, I was not made to feel like a man, or I was shamed in that instance, or using a sexual sense, I was exposed to this stuff or I came across this stuff at an early age. I'm still struggling with it and there's shame attached to that. And before we launch into the course, let, let's, I suppose, just stick on that for a tick and go, for young boys, right, if they are exposed to this stuff, pornography at a young age, they would carry that shame with them into their adulthood. And that does affect how they see themselves and their identity. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Tim, what you've said is, is, is so dear to me and, and so very true. We, uh, we really refocused our whole program, What's Normal, when I, when I took the lead, uh, away from trying to bring about uh, an improvement in sexual culture to mainstream Australia. We narrowed it down to helping people who wanted to follow Jesus in how they could live a life of sexual purity in the age that we live in. Mm. We don't, I don't personally, I'm, I'm in a specific lane and there's other people out there and they do harm minimization, all these things and God bless them. It's an important work, but our work is different. Uh, we believe that freedom, that the freedom that we're offering is found in a relationship with the person of Jesus Christ and our solution where we land in all of the episodes and all of the topics is you need God. You need his word. You need the redemption found in Jesus and Jesus alone. I don't know that behavior modification will ever work in this area. We need personal internal transformation by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And we need to have a revelation of, you said, identity. We need to have a revelation by the Holy Spirit from the word of God about who we have now become that Christ has come. Colossians 1, he, we were enemies of God, 1, 21 to 23. We were enemies of God, separated from him by our evil thoughts and actions. But now, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, he has brought us near to himself, and we are holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault. Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm. We are no longer condemned. Our, our history has been blotted out by the blood of Jesus. And our goal is not to bit by bit try and get good through our deeds and efforts. Our goal is to wrap our faith around the things that Jesus did on his cross. 2 Corinthians 5 he made him who knew no sin to become sin, 
that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The righteousness of God. Little old me with a porn and a drug-addicted history. Little old me could be made the righteousness of God. Now, I know when I read that that I didn't do that. Nothing I did did that. I couldn't do that. But Christ has come. And so when we come to him and we let him rewire who we are, when we come to understand that we were made in his image and his likeness, made to be good, and sin came along, but Jesus dealt with the sin issue. Jesus dealt with our shame. He nailed it to a cross. And he gave us who would believe in him a path to freedom. It's by faith. My goal, my project, my priority is to put everything I can into believing he's that good, that he would nail my sin to a cross and take it from me and humbly walk in what he did. And say, Jesus, I don't deserve this. I'm the chief of sinners, but thank God you came. And I'm willing to let you redefine who I am now. Mm. That's the gospel. Yeah, it's, and, uh, it's part of it. Yeah, and, it's beautiful. And we need it. We, we can't behavior modify our way into freedom from pornography or any other addiction. I don't mm. believe. Yeah. What we can do, though, is give kids an opportunity to go through the What's Normal course. And we're going to wrap up the first part of the show and then come back in the second part and actually explore what the course looks like. It is called What's Normal. It's a brand new course by Youth for Christ. And we're speaking with the director, Paul Bedwell. We're going to take a short break and come back and uh, finish this up with Paul in just a tick right here on Momentum. Stay tuned. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. All right, welcome back to the second half of this week's Momentum all around Australia. really appreciate you tuning in wherever you are. Uh, the website, by the way, MomentumAustralia.org for some feedback. Maybe you want to ask a question, check out previous shows, support the show, or get yourself some resources to help you on your journey. All of that is available at MomentumAustralia.org. And while we're throwing websites out there, this one is really important. Jot this down, yfc.org.au forward slash what's underscore normal. That will take you directly to the What's Normal course. It's just been released by Youth for Christ. And we're chatting with the director, Paul Bedwell, about this brand new course, which essentially is for school students. It brings awareness to and educates them on the dangers of pornography. And Paul, let's have a quick look at the uh, the 10 topics that you guys talk about. Maybe I'll just quickly also, run through also the to 10. youth groups, Tim. Sorry, just for youth groups and youth groups, churches, church contexts. Oh. So. Yeah, and even parents at home who want to begin a conversation with their with their young person. I, yeah, I think awesome. that's a really good point, by the way. And and we haven't really talked about that before. But parents sitting down with their children, you know, from you know maybe from eight or onwards, or maybe even before that, you could guide us on that. But you know, even teenage children, sit them down with us and just work it through, and and see what is reality and see what how they want to live their lives. Yes, I think that's I suppose, really cool. I suppose the challenge for that, Des, and it's it's a great point, but I suppose, and maybe Paul, you can speak into this space. I mean, I don't know, as a, as a dad, you know, I remember having a conversation with my daughter, probably around 12, 13, around certain things. Um, pornography wasn't part of that conversation back then. I mean, we're talking, you know, 15 years ago here, but um, uh, do parents, do they feel comfortable sitting in that space? I mean, you know, we, we generally have the, the sex talk in inverted commas with our kids to some degree because they've started getting educated at school and they've had the note home going, hey, we're running these courses for your kids. and da, da, da. But I suppose, is this more commonplace now that parents would actually talk about pornography, some of the dangers of it with their kids? Let me put it this way. If you don't talk to your children about sex and pornography, 
someone else is going to. Mm. Right. They won't wait. They'll start at six if they can get their hands on them. Many children, many people we talk about share their testimony. I first got exposed to pornography at eight because a neighbor showed me a phone. So if you're not speaking to your kids about pornography, Mm. someone else will be. What will they be telling them? Who will it be? And what will they say about pornography? Mm. These are sticky conversations. No one loves to have them. But the world that we live in, what would have been called pornography in the 1970s and 80s now sits on the side of a bus. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and bi- your biology, you can't unsee things. Your biology kicks in and you didn't even want to. That's We hear this story all the time. I wasn't even looking to, but this ad mm-hmm. popped up and I didn't know and I clicked the link. Mm-hmm. 12-year-olds, they don't have impulse control. They don't have education. We have to begin the conversation. We're increasingly, and, and I said this before, I wish I never had to have this conversation. I wish we didn't even need to be here talking about it, but we'll be developing further content. This is why we're charging a small fee. It'll be $19 free for individuals, $19 for youth groups and $450 for for Christian schools to run this program. Why? Because we want to make more content. We want to make a kid's Mm. church version. We want to start younger. If if around 80 to 90, well, let's call it uh, 90% of 13 year old boys in 2017 have been exposed to pornography. What's the number now? Mm. We're not late to the conversation at 12 years. Sorry, we're not early to the conversation at 12 years old. We're very late. Yeah. Um, Let's have a quick scan through. I'll just quickly scan through the 10 topics and then we can expand on them, come back. But the first is, what are you looking at? Number two, addicted. Three, porn. Four, nude, sexting, cybersexual abuse. Number five, porn and poorer relationships. Number six, look at me. Seven, what is sex and what do I need to know about it? Eight, body image. Nine, bullying, sexterization and blurry relationships. I think I'm, I'm not sure that I said that correctly, but number 10 in mental health. So, I mean, these, I mean, you can hear that. I mean, there's a journey, obviously, that you take the kids on. But let's go back to number one. What are you looking at? So, screen time and then a slippery slope from screen to porn. So, just expand on that for us. Sure. It's multiple, there's multiple factors. The first being, of course, we anecdotally and the evidence is bearing this out. Many people's journey into pornography starts with something like social media Mm. or, um, or a gaming app or a game or an online game. And it's not accidental. There's big money being made from pornography and very specific and targeted ad campaigns. So they'll run their ads, uh, with a very clear marketing funnel from all of these sources. But we we love that we love young people. That's why we're at Youth for Christ. That's why we do what we do. We want to do more than just say avoid pornography. You know, to, to encourage you. Um we don't want to have this conversation, but we do because we love young people. And sometimes you get a, a little beautiful 12-year-old will come up to you and say, Sir, what's pornography? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, wow. Thank you. Like you just praise the Lord that yes. Uh, that they have no exposure and no idea, and you go very gentle, and you can even you know, have conversations, but skip some of the content for them, and it's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Others, it's the, the exact opposite of that. But because we love young people, uh, it's more than just the pornography issue. It's screen time. It's everything. Mm-hmm. The, the average uh, Generation Z. This was years ago. This was I think five years ago. The average Gen Z will spend uh, s- approximately seven hours per day on a screen. Wow. Totally 17, hour, 17 years of their life. My gosh. We are, at a, we are at a time where even things that aren't sin aren't good for you. 
We speak equally into people whose Netflix addiction is not good for them. Yeah. People who are living a life increasingly to follow Jesus, we're not just being called to not do sin. We're being called to stop the things that are not consecrated unto God. Mm. If you think that you just can coast through life as a Christian and it'll all work out and you don't have, you don't need zeal because of the blood of Jesus, it's wrong. The Bible, the New Testament constantly describes for those who overcome, for those who overcome. It's not just those who believed, for those who overcome persecution and temptation. That's what we must overcome in this age. Young people are going to need to lay down things, screen time if it has to be that, to focus on their relationship with God or focus on their outward serving and blessing of other people. It's really important. Yeah. And that leads into the second one, of course, which is addicted. You know, what is addiction? You know, things, and there's so many of them, isn't it? There's, it's a broad spectrum. It's not, it's not just drugs and alcohol and, you know, you can be addicted to anything. You mentioned work. I mean, that was one of the problems I had. I was addicted to work when I was a young dad and, and that was my focus. And that's, you know, where my identity was. And, you know, and it only was through coming to Christ that I was able to break free from that. But it goes right through to porn as well. Mm. Yes, we have a wonderful story. <laughs> One of the girls who, who's just had a harrowing experience as uh, before she was a Christian, but just she just shares some of the, the the life of dating a guy who was porn addicted, and it's it's awful. But anyway, it's a happy ending. She's she's. Mm. Following Jesus now, she's got it. She's uh, engaged to be married, but she shares. We talk about addiction, and uh, Candy Crush comes up, and we, we keep the program light. It's it's not all heavy. We want to keep it light. Yeah. But it's good yeah. news. And uh, talking about Candy Crush and these other gaming addictions, just <laughs> these light things that you can get hooked on. Yeah. And uh, and I said, well, look, is, is there much Candy Crush going on in your work? She's a, a legal paralegal. She's becoming a lawyer. She said, no, there's no Candy Crush, but there is work addiction. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> You know, the culture is you are very normally expected to be at work all the time at the cost of everything else. Yeah. And that's that's yeah, not really. necessarily the – we're called to work hard and be diligent. We're not called to be addicted to our work. Mm. We're not called to performance. We're called yeah. to faithfulness but not addiction. Yeah. Number three looks at the impacts that porn has and, and how to stop. And number four, which I think is really interesting, is, of course, we've talked about that sending nudes and the impact of that, but also the fact, I suppose, there's a legal aspect of that as well, because depending on the age of the person who is sending it, but also the age of the person within what's being sent can ho- open up a whole legal thing, which I suppose kids just aren't aware of. Yes, uh, the... the- the complications, the the downstream effects are just awful. Leaving aside the you know the the distribution of child pornography charge, which is possible, uh, the laws are different in each state, and there's federal laws too. But uh, just think about the uh, the duration of that piece of content mm-hmm. that will live forever on the internet. Yes, you have no idea where it will end up. You have no idea which future employer, future husband, future wife future father-in-law who might get hold of the content somehow might be exposed to that. Yeah. Do you want that? Do you want to enter into a covenant marriage and there's videos of you in that most intimate and sacred moment for everyone around the world to watch and, and make money from? Yeah. That's, that's so degrading, isn't it? It's just 
horrific to think that in that way. And and of course, maybe one of the things we've talked about on the show as well is you know pornography and its effect on relationships. And you know, the higher you go into a relationship, you're in a god based relationship, then it's love and it's you know amazing. Whereas you go into one that's been based around pornography, what does that relationship look like? Mm-hmm. Very different. Yeah, that's right. And we we see we've got many testimonies as a part of this course. One guy, great guy, he's just gotten married. He's a, a missionary with uh, with an Australian organisation, and he's he loves Jesus and he shares the gospel. And he's an incredible guy. He got hooked on pornography when he was eight, and it was so difficult for him to stop. He didn't sleep for three weeks. The addiction was so rampant. Oh, oh. Christ is a redeemer. Yes, Christ was able to take him through that. He has such a deep relationship with God through His Word. He he can he just can quote scripture and verse because he's lived it and he's taken hold of it and he's apprehended it, and he has a really beautiful relationship with God. And so I think you know it's that from Luke seven. You know she was forgiven much and she loves much. I actually think it makes many people realize their need for Jesus, which is a good thing. We all need Him, whether pornography addicted or some other thing. We mm. all need redemption. We all need Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, maybe this is helping some people just realize that, and that can only be a good thing. Yeah. Well, we're going to skip through these last ones just for the sake of time, but number six, look at me encouraging others perhaps not to send certain things. Number seven, what is sex? What do I need to know about it? How does that you know, impact us? And, and then, of course, you talk about virginity with the kids. Um, number eight, body image, how looking at pornography can put some filters on us and body dysmorphia, of course, which can be quite huge for young people. Um, bullying, blurring relationships in the final one, mental health, of course, the, the impact of pornography on our mental health and how that can really affect us and make it uh, exasperate, I suppose, our mental health. But I, I want to just ask a couple of questions before we finish off the show. Um, for youth listening right now, particularly for young people who might be listening to the show, um, and we'll go to parents in a moment, but um, what would you say to encourage them, I suppose, to question what's perhaps become normal for them in their lives? Well, I would, I would say two, two different things to two different groups of people. I would say to, to a person who sincerely wants to follow Jesus and they've watched porn and they still do and they're, they're really finding it difficult and they struggle uh, I would say to you, there is absolute hope, and I would go as far as to say certainty, that the cross of Jesus Christ, that his blood spilled, always has and always will have the power to help you. You need to turn to him. You need to ask for his help. This is a spiritual battle. You're not capable of doing this on your own. You need him. Let this turn into a hunger for Jesus like you've never had before. Let this make you zealous for him when you realize that you've got no hope without him and none of us do. And to the other group of people, maybe there's a, a person in, and you've got a, you're, you're associated with the Christian world, there's Christians in your world and, and you've watched pornography and you don't really see the harm in it. I would suggest you read through 1 Corinthians 6. And there is a list in that, in that chapter which has got a terrifying statement. Those who persist in these things, sexual immorality, will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
do not be deceived. Do not be deceived to think that we can maintain sexual immorality and a relationship and a saving grace with God because we can't. So I'd let that not scare you, not terrify you, not shame you. Let that draw out of you a certain repentance, a certain change where you would say, I need to turn to God. I need his help, but I will not be deceived into thinking that that a saving faith and sexual immorality can coexist because that is, that is simply not what God's word says. Mm. And let's, let's quickly finish up then for parents, guys who are listening right now, who've got young kids um, and you know, they're around this sort of age that we've been talking about and we're not even sure where they may sit on this. We're not sure what they're looking at, particularly we've never had this conversation with them. We feel perhaps a little awkward or uncomfortable even starting this conversation because it might be something that's actually happening in our life too. might be something that we're struggling with, or it may not be, but we're just not sure. We've never had this conversation before. What would you say to encourage parents? I mean, you said before about, hey, if we don't talk to them, somebody else will. But what would you say to really encourage dads listening right now to have a conversation around sex and pornography with their kids? I would say what's normal is going to really help you because it can be a, a good catalyst. Just some practical things. Um, begin, you can use an external resource that says the sticky things for you. It could be what's normal. It could be some other book. There's loads of books out there. How to Literally entitled, How to Talk to Your Kids About Pornography. Grab hold of a resource and use that resource to guide you through. The second practical tip I would say is be honest. I would open the conversation with, hey, son, this is really awkward for me. <laughs> I don't, I'm not comfortable here, but I love you. And I'm willing to be uncomfortable because I care about you and I love you and I want a bright future for you. So would you help me? Would you just give me grace as I bumble my way through this? That's great. Laugh about it. You know, we, we really, we don't, we're not experts at this. I still find it awkward. We all do. That's okay. You know, um, that can generate a whole lot of compassion towards one another and a whole lot of grace. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. I, I also think too, when you, you have that vulnerability with your kids, it creates that deeper connection because, you know, dad's not just, oh, we put him on the pedestal and he seems like he never struggles with anything. It's like, hey, I'm I'm bearing the fact that I feel uncomfortable even having this conversation. And I think that can be a really great thing for our kids to hear. We are talking about the What's Normal course. It's just been released by Youth for Christ, and it is certainly going to be a, an amazing tool in helping you bring awareness and educating our young kids on the dangers of pornography. And I'll give you the website once again, it's yfc.org.au, yfc.org.au forward slash what's underscore normal. Or if you can't remember that, simply go to yfc.org.au and you'll find a link there. It is the What's Normal course. We've been chatting with the director, Paul Bedwell, over the last couple of weeks. Paul, it's been really great chatting with you, mate. We are excited as you guys launch this to see the impact on our kids. And again, to see a whole generation of kids making a decision and questioning what has become normal in culture and society for them and the impact of that in their later life, particularly as they grow up. So we're excited for you, man. We'll be upholding you in prayer. But thanks for spending some time with us on the show over the last couple of weeks and uh, all the best, man. We'll be praying. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a real privilege. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.